What up, everybody? Welcome to Keep It in 9450, codenamed WBB. I'm your host, Daniel Artest. We are part of the 9450 Women's Basketball Network. And today, we got a good show. We're going to talk some basketball. I got my brothers with me. I got KDOT, the usual, and our new teammate to the squad. We got my guy, 808. 808s, man, just introduce yourself to everybody real quick, man. I know it's probably the first time hearing you on the podcast. So just introduce yourself. Let everybody know who you be, brother. What's up? Appreciate it. DA, Kada, they know me as 808s. Twitter, find me at Snacks for Tweets, 808s, the Snap Breaks. That's the uh, profile. I've really been a basketball lover since I was a kid. Uh, favorite WN player ever is to make you catchings, make you best hoopers ever. From that point on, uh, sports writing, uh, podcasting, pretty much, you know, media, stuff like that. But a love for the game and the W is what brought me here, man. So let's get to it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Like, once again, we're glad that you decided to join the team and stuff, man. We're going to try to bring some wins, um, some more wins and everything like that. Yes, Kata, sir. What's, what's going on with you, brother? What's going on? Hey, yo, what up? What it is? What's popping? Listen. We are definitely excited to have 808s join the crew. I keep saying it over and over again. When you go from a pick and roll to the triangle, it was always great. And I felt like overnight we went from Sue and Lauren to Coop, Swoops, and Tina with the snap of a finger. I'm excited to have 808s, man. And, yo, we're going to continue to do what we do when we do it. So let's get it popping, man. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Don't forget to follow the podcast. You know what I'm saying? Subscribe. We're doing our thing, man. We finally charting globally, but we'll get to that at the end of the show. But real quick, let's get into it, man. We had the Seattle Storm over the Chicago Sky, 111 to 100. Six different players for the Storm scored in double figures. Brianna Stewart led the way with 25 points, nine rebounds, and five assists. Gabby Williams had a great game, 21.7 assists, four rebounds, three steals. Drew Lloyd. Uh, finally hitting her shots again. She had 18, 4, and 3. Tina Charles had a good game, too, as well, 14 and 7. Ezzy Magabo off the bench with 13 points. Sue Bird, 10 points and 8 assists. And for, for Chicago, uh, Courtney Vandersloot led the way with 28 points and 7 assists. Kalia Kaba had 17 points. CP3, Candace Parker had 14, 7, and 5. Emma Misaman, Azaree Stevens, Allie Quigley also went in on the double figures as well. Hey, 808s, man, what's your thoughts on this game with Seattle and Chicago? So essentially, from the very jump, Seattle was beating Chicago at their own game. Pain points and assist. And they had a lot of that early. I think at one point, Seattle had about 80 points and 60 of them scored in the paint. 64, somewhere around there. So, literally, Chicago's playbook. Beat them at their own game. Pokey called a great game. I know Noel is out right now. But uh, this win for Seattle was definitely something that they needed to win just to move up a little bit more higher and solidify their playoff standing. And Chicago couldn't really fall any lower than second. But still, you don't want to end the season on a sour note. But the Sky, necessarily, they didn't really play sloppy ball. The defense was still good. The offense was... It was percolating sometimes, but you just can't stop a team. They shooting 70% from the field, man. Like, they couldn't miss. And some teams had those nights. And last night was definitely one of those nights for Seattle. It was a good game for them. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Before we get to KDOT, Seattle had an assist record. Most in WNBA history were 37. I feel like the Chicago Sky was hitting on all cylinders, not to be cliche, 
you know, scoring 111 points on basically 60% shooting. They also shot 46% from three, 100% from the foul line. Like you said, they scored 62 points in the paint. And one thing I liked about the game, though, they only committed nine turnovers, but forced Chicago into 13 turnovers. The bench outscored Chicago's bench 23 to 20. But the crazy stat is the 37 assists because Seattle made 44 shots. So 37 assists on 44 made shots is crazy. And when the ball is moving like that, KDI, when the team is playing as one like this, any team is hard to beat. But also this, the crazy, the other crazy thing is Chicago shot 56% for the game themselves, KDI. Yeah, yeah. So we talked about this, right, during the, the actual action of the game. And what I was most impressed with, Coach Pokey Chapman, and definitely a friend of the network, and shout out to her for sure, what she likes to do in her offense, and 808s might might have a, have a memory of this when she was in Chicago, she likes to run pretty good motion offense, right? And that motion offense is just predicated on spreading the floor around and forcing the defense to play perimeter basketball versus getting into the paint where if you have a pretty solid defender like Candace Parker, you want to force her to make more moves laterally than you would probing into the paint so you can uh, get blocked shots and uh, different deflections within the paint. So what happened last night was from a overall standpoint she used what dan hughes used to do back in back when he was coaching especially in 2020 when they had the number one rated offense in the league at that point and she just decided to spread her she just started to spread the offense a little bit where instead of having your big on the block she moved them over to the dunker spot, if you will, just to get more ball and dribble penetration going. And when you have a pick and roll going with a Jewel Lloyd and a Brianna Stewart, you have to pick your poison there where if Stewie slips, she easily have a paint touch into the basket. Or if you go under the screen, then Jewel has the opportunity to get an open shot. And the same thing with Sue Bird. And they just had a lot of open opportunity in the paint where the big was either slipping to the paint or they were setting a solid screen and rolling to the paint. And the, it was almost like the paint was just wide open for some reason last night. And I think that's what Pokey Chapman's game plan was. It was just to spread the offense out just to force Chicago to scramble a little bit on the perimeter versus how, how Chicago just likes to probe their offenses in to beating them into the paint, getting into that paint with the bigs so that they can make, one of the make a sorry pass or getting blocked shots so they can go out and run a transition. So that's one of the things that I noticed for sure. And it resulted into a record, a record setting, record breaking 37 assists for, uh, for Seattle. Yeah, definitely. Another thing I wanted to point out was like how the storm also put a lot of pressure on Chicago, on Chicago's defense in this game. They pretty much controlled the pace of the game throughout. They made Chicago run in transition defensively. They hit them with a lot of options with their offense. I think 808s, I think that Seattle showing Chicago has some kinks in their armor. I wouldn't say like they exposed the sky, but mm-hmm. kind of laid out the, the blueprint on how to beat them, brother. What's your thoughts? I say the blueprint's been out there for a while. It's just only really a couple of teams have been able to actually finish off the games. And that's where Chicago's been strongest the entire year is the fourth quarter. And that's the second half of the games in general. So, yeah, Seattle had that good night. And honestly, that might be the best game I've seen them play this entire year. 
like you just said, they had 37 assists on what, 44 made shots? Like, that's insane. You only had seven buckets that weren't assisted. Yeah. Everybody was sharing the wealth. Everybody was happy. Everybody was smiling. And the fact that Chicago's game was still, like, hitting at the same time, it's just the fact that Seattle beat them to it. And it was consistent from the get-go. They never let their foot off the break. And Seattle's had a history of doing it this season. Their games, they get up by 2025, 20, and then they let the opponent come back. That's been the story of their season. Chicago, a little bit less, so to speak, because of the depth. But at the same time, the defense, K-Dot was saying, they was on their toes. Yeah. Clea Copper, Emma, CP, like, they were all literally defending every single possession. And when that happens, you really can't, I wouldn't say be as efficient, because 55% is still crazy, but there's a lot of gimmies that they missed that I feel like was probably because they're tired of playing literally both sides every possession of the game. Not every single game is like that, but last night was, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I agree, man. And and just for the Storm, this is a, a really big win, I think, because they win the season against the Sky 2-1. to one. Mentally, as a Hooper, as a team, they know they can go into a series versus the Sky and beat them, whether it's whether they're at home or they're on the road. Like, this kind of matters when you're in a playoff series. And it looked like they might be headed towards, you know, maybe what, conference finals or whatever. Not conference finals, but the semifinals to, to get to the finals or whatever. This might be like the head-on collision right here. So for Seattle, which is very a very dangerous team, we don't really, we don't really talk about them a lot as, as contenders, but as actual people that can, actual team that can win a title. We don't really talk to, uh, about it like that. But they're really scary, man. You know what I'm saying? They're a really scary team and stuff. Kate, I wish your thoughts. We'll be back after a quick break. I'm Chris Stemp. I'm Donnie Stemp. Two brothers on this strange rock hurtling through space. I don't know, man. This rock is in trouble. The Week on Earth is a new podcast on climate change and the state of the planet. We're talking cars, carbon, trees, toilet paper, apocalypse, utopia, and most importantly, human behavior. We need to put the emotion into this story. How do we move from an extractive society to a regenerative society? Pretty twisted, and it gets worse. (laughs) It's changed my entire outlook. From the Peabody Award-winning producer of Netflix's Fantastic Fungi, The Week on Earth, new episodes every Monday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I agree that they are a scary team. They are a top four team in the league for a reason. One thing, again, that we keep talking about is from a just from an offensive standpoint, like you saw what could potentially happen if Seattle didn't use that upward trajectory of the offense that they displayed last night. You've seen it in spurts this season, but sometimes they can get in their own way, to be honest with you. And They've done that consistently this season, but if they were able to do this consistently going into the playoffs, that's really scary to have. You, I keep going back to 2020 and how Dan Hughes had that system just running like a well-oiled machine. Everybody were in the right spots. And I think because with the loss of Natasha Howard and, and Alicia Clark, I think they had to find the fit to kind of replace those in Ezzy has done a great job this year in replacing that for sure. And I believe that the unsung hero in this particular case is Gabby Williams. I think that she's coming and she's definitely 
bought into what Noel Quinn is trying to do. And on top of that, when you do have a Pokey Chapman right next to you and, and for sure veteran in the WNBA and in women's basketball period, like that's added bonus. And I think that Ezzy Magmagor and Gabby Williams has have done a tremendous job kind of filling in that, that gap that, Natasha Howard and Alicia and Alicia Clark did well for them back in 2020. So that's the most important thing. And if those two get their confidence up, even though we know the situation with Tina Charles coming in as a starter now and as he going back to the bench, I believe she's buying into it a little bit better. Um, I think that is very scary for that to occur, but Hey, anything can happen, especially when we get into the playoffs. So we'll just have to see. Yeah, most definitely. We definitely will have to see. Let's let's move on to our next game. We have the, the Las Vegas Aces beating the Dream. The score was 97 to 90. It was pretty much like, you know what? We got to talk about Derricka Hamby, man. She's injured. She injured her, her right knee. I think she had like a hyperextension. She didn't return real quick. Yeah, the Aces win going for it for them. With, with this knee injury, we don't know how long she's going to be out for, if she's going to be out. But even if she's not out, she's still going to be hampered a little bit. A hyperextension means a lot, you know what I mean? Especially when you're playing, bumping and grinding on the court and everything. So, 808s, what's your thoughts about this injury that happened to Derrica? Honestly, we've been saying it all season that Las Vegas is only one injury away from not making it to the finals. And Oh, here we go. I don't want to say that that's the possibility, but listen, they literally cannot take any more water. Like, yeah. they had to move Kia Stokes to the line, the starting lineup, and then put Erica Hamby on the bench because they had no firepower. Everybody said Raquana Williams is going to come back and they're going to be that vessel. And I've been saying from the jump, that is too much of a load to place on her to say, yo, the bench is going to be fine. We got Raquana. That's not realistic. And to see this happen in a game that I wouldn't say doesn't matter per se, but for Atlanta, that they need that game which is why they play with so much ferocity, at least in my opinion. It was a seven-point game, and Vegas hasn't had many of those this season in games that they won. So, I don't know. Like you said, it's only a hyperextension. We really don't know more yet, but that's not something that you want to see right before the playoffs start. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah definitely. Go ahead, k Yeah, that now – I actually saw the play when it happened. She was coming down off the – baseline off the left side tried to reverse it had a travel in between that and after the play was blown dead that's when she landed and hyperextended that knee and it wasn't a pretty sight of course hyperextensions are as a very murky type injury where you don't know what what you could have damaged at that point in time and she did not return so obviously they were taking some precautions but when it comes to the game itself, of course, Atlanta, they needed this game for sure. Not to say so much about the Aces really needing the game, but it was a nice, a nice to have win for the Aces, to be honest with you, because it inches them closer to a one seed, even though I probably don't know if they would rather have the one seed, if you will, especially with that four or five matchup with, with the Mystics in the storm. And what if the Mystics end up winning that that series? We don't know, but that's a very, very risky thing to do. But yeah, they are, I believe they're a game closer, if I'm not mistaken. And they'd still have the sky to play to determine the tiebreaker. But even the point is, we believe that 
Atlanta needed that game, especially going into this home and home against the Liberty, even though the Liberty looked like it might be a case where it's over. You can never say it's over until it's over, but at the same time, I said in our last podcast that Atlanta has more than likely the easiest shot in keeping that seventh seed in making the playoffs more than anything. My thing is with this injury, it does go back to this whole notion of what happens to the bench. And if the Erica is out for a number of games, that's going to be important. Now, what I was impressed with last night was Ileana Rupert and what she was able to do in that, in those minutes that she took from Dierica had Dierica or Dierica was playing. She definitely took those minutes and she is definitely coming into her own. I think she's understanding the pace of the game a little bit better. She came in, she hit timely shots against Atlanta. And I think that was something important for her confidence. And if coach Becky Hammond can continue that confidence in her, um, they may be okay. But at the same time, Dierica Hamby is a is too important for that team for this to happen and for it to happen against Atlanta, a team that we could say, hey, maybe we can use this one as a wash and just not worry about it. But at the same time, this might be a potential first round matchup. So you got to it's almost like you got to pick your poison there. We'll we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, definitely. Hey, before before we move on, Kata, you like one of the illest long-winded answers of podcast <laughs> history. <laughs> now, nah, but we live on Twitter Spaces as well. Shout out to everybody on Twitter Space. Thank you for tapping in with us. We got a bunch of people in there. But somebody want to speak? ENFP Dream Fan, tap in. What's going on? What you want to talk about, brother? Or I'm sorry, you. <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. I don't think we can hear them. Oh, shoot. Hold on one second. Let me see something. Here you go. Hello? I don't know why we can't hear them. That's why we can't hear them. Yeah, hey, go ahead. My bad. Go ahead. Can you hear me? Yeah, okay. That was me. That was me. I had you muted the whole time. Go ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> no worries. But yeah, just a couple things I want to mention, and then I have to head off. But the first thing with the Aces, who else would they have played a chunk of minutes and everything? Like, they're pretty much forfeiting the game if they take out any of their core six and everything. So completely understand why Dierica was in there, hoping for a recovery where she's able to play in the playoffs, but agree that injury did not look good. But yeah, hoping for a recovery for but as a Dream fan, like, that was one heck of an effort. And, yeah, I want to see this team in the playoffs, and I want to see Coach Wright win Coach of the Year. Like, I know she doesn't get it most likely if we don't make the playoffs, but just how she's changed the culture, how she has this team fighting no matter what. Like, we had a starting lineup worth of players out with five players out at chunks of times this season and everything. So I just love this team's effort, this team's fight, and – yeah, I want the Dream to make the playoffs this weekend. I really hope it happens. I think we could give a contender a run for their money. Go ahead. Kata, 808s, go ahead. Yeah, I'll let, I'll want, I'll let 808s. Yeah, I'll let 808s go. Yeah, I was pretty long-winded on that one. Yeah, I was. I had actually done it to spaces to see, like, what was going on. And, like, I had a bit of reverb, but uh, no. Yeah, I feel like 
the Dream have been in pretty much a good chunk of the games they played this season. It's just unfortunate that injuries and stuff like that downplayed their season a little bit because at one point it was like, yo, Dream might really actually do something like right before All-Star break. And now it's seven-point losses to the Aces. It's like at this point of the season, we're not really here for moral victories. You're trying to do something with it, you feel me? I saw a lot of comments about that where it's not that bad. It's not, people are fighting for playoff relevancy right now. This is what this is about. But as far as the Aces and playing anybody else, yeah, they didn't really have any other choice. Who else would you go to? No, that's true. That's true. It was crazy though. We're talking about the injury. We're talking about everything else. But like the Aces, man, they play pretty solid. You look at they starting five. Besides Kia Stokes, whatever, she had no points, but she had seven boys. But Asia Wilson had 24 and 14. Then you got Chelsea Gray, who had 22 and six assists. Kelsey Plummer had 22 and eight assists. Jackie Young had 20 points, you know what I mean? And three assists, three rebounds or whatever. But this bench, but see, man. Yeah, that's my thing, bench. though. Yeah, yeah, no, go ahead. You need I know. all of that. You need all of that to beat the dream by seven. Is that not like a legit little concern? <laughs> Is a huge concern, you know what I'm saying? Because you're going to meet a team like Chicago that has a lot of firepower from player one all the way down to player that could go 10 deep pretty much or whatever, you know what I'm saying? That matters. They can defend. They're going to run, try to tire. They're going to tie their out. They're starting five out or whatever, whatever, however many people they play. And they don't really trust the rookies and stuff to play. Vegas is in a, a spot where they have to play good every game or else – they can get ran out of a building. They can lose a series like this. You know what I'm saying? Now with Hamby getting injured, we, we don't know the details of everything as far as like she's going to be out or not, but it's going to, it's going to, it's going to hurt, man. You know what I'm saying? Maybe K-Dot need to go on the bench and go play for the Aces real quick, man. Go get a ring and stuff like that. You got all this Aces merch. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm know. looking my chops at the dream can get a matchup with them and everything. Like again, hoping Hamby's able to come back even with her back in. Like, I was worried the Dream were going to be able to stay close again with tip out. Like, last game we handled them, she scored 30-plus 30, 30 points. Mm -hmm. Even with her out of the lineup, the Dream were still able to have an efficient offense and everything. I, I want another – I want a three-game series against them. Give us that. <laughs> I, I'm sure other teams are feeling the same way with what you mentioned. Like, I love the Dream, but our offense has been inefficient all season and everything. I believe we're the lowest-scoring team in the league. You can't allow that as a team. And I just think it goes back to the Aces running their starters and everything. I think they have the talent to be better, but I just think the wear and tear, it's just having an impact on their season and everything and how they're able to perform. Yeah, I feel like this with the playoffs, man. I said it the other day. Any team can lose series in this playoffs, man. I think that it might be trouble if any team splits their first two games because then that third game is on the road. You know what I mean? And you made a good point about the dream, and especially with the Aces being hampered right now, like, that's, it might be scary, man, especially if the dream is rolling. You know what I mean? But y'all got to get healthy, so I know y'all got some players that's out. You know what I'm saying? So it's going to be interesting, man. As we do our playoff primer after all the seedings are, when everything is laid out as far as, like, the playoff seedings, when we do our primer, we're going to talk about some upsets because I see some upsets in the first round, honestly. I really yeah. do. I really see some upsets, man. So it's, it's going to be it's going to be uh, pretty interesting, man. Anything else you want to add before you get up out of there? I know you said you got to go and stuff. Anybody else too that want yeah. to talk? Nope, you know, come up. <laughs> I'm good. Okay, okay. Well, 
Yo, thanks for... Uh, give us a game in Atlanta, that third game. Like, I do believe the playoff format is really jacked for that and everything, but a win or go home game in Atlanta with that uh, electric environment when there's a big game going on, man, I would love it. Yeah, definitely. Make sure you're there, too, to support your dream. I don't know if you're in Georgia. Make sure you're there. Figure it out. You know what I'm saying? Maybe we'll have 808 way there. 808 like Moby's saying, not too much of a dream, man. They didn't have the worst offense the entire season. Indiana was right there for a good majority of Chuck. No, not too much of a dream. Relax. <laughs> All right, yo, let's, let's move on real quick, man, to our final game. We had your son smacking the Los Angeles Sparks 97 to 71. I didn't see this game because... I'm going to tell y'all why real quick. Sidebar. So my son, he reads to me before he goes to bed every night. Obviously, I know where this is going. When I woke up, it was like 2 in the morning. My son read me to sleep, y'all. I ain't going to hold y'all. My six-year-old, man, he read me to sleep. <laughs> I ain't going to lie, man. But so I actually missed the game. And it's funny because I was like, I really wanted to watch this game because I love the playoff race at the bottom. And I love that how everybody at the bottom really has a chance. But now we, I see that L.A. lost by a lot they dug themselves their own grave go ahead 808s man if you've seen the game just let me know what you thought yeah not gonna lie to you bro i did not watch that game <laughs> uh, listen listen i'm in dallas which means central time yeah. uh, by 10 30 10 30 i'm in the bed bro i'm sorry <laughs> if it's not the sky playing if it's not the aces if it's not the sparks playing somebody that, like i want to watch them play against I'm, I'm sleeping, man. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> uh, I guess Kate, I didn't see the game either. I think Kate, was out too as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was knocked out, but I did. I, I was able to look at the condensed version of it, and from, from what I from what I've seen was it was literally a case where Connecticut was just overwhelming, and and the Sparks just sparked. And I think that when we're, we're at the end of the season at this point, and it's just not a, it's a case where Connecticut really, to be honest with you, Connecticut needed this game more than the Sparks did at this point. The reason why Connecticut needed, needed this game a little bit more was because like Connecticut has shown where offensively, sometimes they don't know where they're going. And then in other spots of it is like from a personnel standpoint they're trying to make sure that they figure this out before the playoffs get into the mix and scoring 90 scoring i believe it was 97 points scoring 97 points last night i proved from an offensive standpoint just looking at it in as balanced scoring as it was you know they were able to figure something out um, when you have what one, two, three, four. You had five players in double figures that, that makes it worthwhile. And what one thing that sticks out to me, and I know sometimes this could be an, irre an irrelevant stat, but you had five players that was a plus 20 or more. Dewana Bonner was a plus 20. Alyssa Thomas, a plus 27. John Quell, plus 24. Courtney Williams, plus 25. Natisha Hodeman was a plus 26. And that's, that, that, goes a long way from a positivity standpoint and a confidence standpoint when you're talking about a team who everybody's saying could possibly be upset in the first round and that's 
again, that's something that you want to put yourself in position in to try to get something going. And before I hand it off to you guys, I just want to send my condolences to Coach Kurt Miller, whose mom passed away, and definitely send our condolences. But as far as Connecticut is concerned, they had to find some type of rhythm. And if they can find this rhythm, these last two games, finishing off the season, then hopefully in the playoffs, we see something where they possibly don't get upset. But if everybody's saying that if we had to pick one team, it probably would be Connecticut. So they better do something. And they did it last night because Sparks had no answer. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. Like I said, I didn't see the game. You, Thank you, KDAP, for saving us right there, man. We appreciate that. That ain't going to happen again. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> no, nah, but uh, listen, yeah, go ahead, it's go Connecticut, ahead. okay? What y'all want us to say? Like, they, had, they played a good game. They beat the Sparks. NECA has been, like, on a little, not the same NECA over the last couple of games for obvious reasons and just the team not really playing good basketball. <laughs> But Sykes has been going nuts. I know the numbers are funny, but I'm pretty sure she's averaging like close to 20 and like five and three or something like that. But I find it crazy how John Paul Jones has five or six straight games with a double-double and it just doesn't matter. Like, just doesn't matter because, you know, the engine, that's all that matters. <laughs> the engines, man. That's, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I guess, man. That's funny. That's funny. No, nah, but uh, I'm just looking at the standings and stuff, man. The Liberty's still down there in 10th. Minnesota's eight. They tied for eight with Atlanta. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. I think it's going to come down to the last day of the season, man. It's going to come down to that Liberty versus Atlanta dream thing. Our fans get ready and stuff. But Kata, we talked about something earlier, even b- before we started this podcast, just going back to the Sparks real quick. And they got a coaching vacancy coming up. Coaching vacancy coming up. Then Seattle got an assistant coach that was playing head coach. Y'all see that offense last night? Like I said at the beginning, had them in transition and, and everything, doing their thing. Huh. Should the Sparks definitely ring that phone? Give Pack Pokey Chapman that, that call here. Yeah, we're considering you for this coaching spot right here. Listen, yeah, we talked about it earlier. And remember, I talked about this as well. I would love for Pokey Chapman to get another chance at that top seat. And the Sparks definitely sounds interesting. I also have a soft spot for, for Coach Trammell as well. Trammell has a long history of, of, of just, a, just being a great product to the league as an assistant coach. And with her being on the sideline and the way that Slim, a.k.a. Brittany Sykes, talked about Coach Trammell in our interview with her. It sounds a lot of the players, they gravitate to her very well. And I know this is something that we keep talking about from a coaching standpoint with Pokey Chapman. Like, hands down, Pokey Chapman needs to be back in the head coaching spot. And hopefully we, we get a chance to see her back in that, in, in that head coaching position. But like now that we're talking about it live and direct, it, I'm going to be, I'll be torn. I'll be torn. I'll be excited if they give her a call and she gets the interview and she ends up getting it. But also I got to tilt my hat off to coach Trammell as well, because it was a case where I thought that coach Trammell would have been the head coach of the, of the New York Liberty. And then Sandy Brondello 
swoops in like a thief in the night and, then, and ends up getting that position. And I do really want to see Coach Trammell get her chance um, at the head coaching at the head coaching spot. You know, I'm, I'm going to just be straight up honest with you on this one. I'm so torn because I want to see Coach Pokey Chapman get that head coaching spot anywhere who, who needs it. But then at the same time, I want to see Coach Trammell get that chance. Yeah, obviously, yeah, you do. They probably should probably definitely get the first interview or maybe the last one because sometimes the last one is probably the best or whatever. You know what I'm saying? She's there. She's entrenched in the organization and stuff. But at the same time, Sparks have a lot of issues. How it is with coaching staffs. Sometimes they all got to go. So we shall see about that, man. But before we get on out of here, man, we just want to share some news with y'all. Me, myself, and KDOT, 808s is new to the team and stuff like that. But uh, we recently got some good news about, about our show. And we recently just started our global reach as far as a podcast, man. There's 525,000 sports podcast in the world and we are in the top 1000 feel really good about that <laughs> there's i think 2.5 million podcasters in the world that's active when i say active means 20 minutes or more per episode we are in the top we're like in the 8600 uh top 8600 of all podcasts like that globally you know what i'm saying and we owe that to y'all man that's listening you know what i'm saying y'all really helped us grow our show, whether we just doing this podcast like this, whether we doing our stuff on the spaces and stuff. We are truly grateful to each and every one of y'all for listening and just listening to us annoying men talk women's basketball, man, listening to our annoying voices and stuff. But we really love the engagement y'all do, the love that y'all show and the whether it's like the comments or the reviews of this podcast, man, and to really just have a global reach, you know what I'm saying? Not even like rankings in the, in different countries, but to our show to just reach like that, it's, that's, that's crazy. I really am like at a loss for words and stuff. And we got 808s here now. And, you know, we basically one of the top podcasts in the world. Let's be honest. You know what I'm saying? So 808s is here to help us grow the show even more. And everything, man, it's, it's, it's really, it's really, really special, man. And this is the most accomplished thing I've ever done podcasting. You know what I'm saying? Like my original podcast was, was pretty successful as well, but I just stopped it cold turkey because I want to talk women's basketball only. You know what I'm saying? And the fact that y'all welcome me with open arms and stuff. And also, I just love how y'all also call me out. I mess up names or whatever. And so I'm really serious about helping grow this game. And when they said that, I actually put the action behind it by doing what I do and having somebody like KDOT, you know, who's really entrenched in women's basketball, talk the game with me and stuff. And the fact that he, his values, when it comes to talking basketball aligns with me, like our show is called keeping the 94 54 reason. Like we don't care about what goes on off court, to be honest. We don't care about none of the drama, none of the pomp and circumstance, whatever that goes on. We literally just want to talk basketball because we feel like there's a lane you know what I mean? For dope basketball talk without being controversial. And that's what we did. And I felt like we we opened that, we created that lane. And now that we just living in it and everybody's understanding it and, and we see it. You know what I'm saying? That That's all I pretty much got to say. Thank you for real. Thank you very much. Don't forget to please hit the link. We got, a, we got a link tree. We got merch now and stuff for everybody. Men, women, children, hoodies, t-shirts, big and small. Everything that I've been complaining about. We got it in the store now. So hit the link tree and stuff and, uh, and show some love to the movement, man. Everything y'all do is going to help the brand grow even more and stuff. And another thing, 
another thing that's crazy. Myself, K Dot, we've been doing a show. This is hundred and this is episode one hundred and two. You know what I'm saying? We never met each other in person, man. And that's my brother right there, man. And we plan on doing it. We're going to have a live show and stuff. And it's just amazing, yo. Like, K-Dot, go ahead. I can't really talk no more, man. I'm getting my feelings a little bit, K-Dot. I need you to come help save your God, man. You know what I mean? Because this is just amazing. Go ahead, bro. Hey, listen, it's crazy to think that we've ranked as, as high as it is, right, globally. Especially, like, being introduced right? As a women's basketball podcast, not only that, we're 9.99 globally in like sports period. You know how many sports are out there and sports podcasts are out there? Like there's cricket out there, right? Cricket. <laughs> yeah. And we're out, we're out here being ranked globally. It's a blessing. And I can't say anything more, but thank you all to the listeners. Thank you all to the folks that, that tweet us, respond, engage. Thanks to 808s for coming in and saying, listen, you guys are dope. And the feeling's mutual. And we was like, let's make history together. So I just really appreciate the art of the game. I appreciate the women's game more importantly. And it's time for more amplification. And that's what we're trying to do. We want to amplify, want to amplify the women of the game. We want to amplify the, the game period. And I'm just thankful to be in this position, especially with these two guys. We kicking it and talking basketball all the time. Like when we first did our first group FaceTime, we literally spoke for two, two and a half hours almost on group FaceTime talking nothing but women's basketball, giving our opinions, giving our spews. And I, I sat and thought, I was like, is there any other, like, any other people having group FaceTimes for two and a half hours, literally just talking women, WNBA and, and college women's basketball? Like, I don't think so. So I really appreciate these guys. And I appreciate you guys, the listeners and everybody who know us, who do everything for the game because you guys are a part of this too. I'll leave it at that, but I'll end by saying I'm going to be a little bit arrogant right now. There you now go. On, <laughs> from now on, call me International Dot and I'll drop the mic there. <laughs> Yo, this dude is crazy. International Dot, International DA, and 808. 808, you got to do 100 episodes with us man, before you get international in your name, man. No, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> it's <laughs> all good, you. Listen, nah, but, listen, Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Before we end the show, just go ahead. Whatever you got to say real quick. Uh, yeah, let's get it. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm just glad to be a part of the team. I'm glad to see women's basketball covered and respected the way that it deserves to be. And I'm also happy to see faces that look like mine and yours talking about it and not what the real press run looks like at these real games. And that's another issue that we're going to talk about with this podcast and what we're doing here at 9450. That's not going to happen anymore. That's not the future. This is the future. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we're here to just fill in the gap, man. That's it. We ain't here to take over anything or whatever. we just here to fill in the gap that we seen what's not what's going on with the mainstream and stuff like that so we have to fill in that gap and to just always keep it honest and everything and always be in tune with the with the listeners and stuff always transparent get a lot of dms a lot of emails or whatever this is we like this we don't like this we don't like that we fix it okay no i'll be telling them all the time hey <laughs> we gotta fix this we gotta fix that and stuff and 808s welcome to this because it's gonna be on i'm gonna be like yo listen you gotta do this we gotta do that the analytics don't lie when it comes to podcasting and stuff but i'm always on it but we're gonna get out of here uh, thank you for listening to Keeping It 9450, codenamed WB, part of the 9450 Women's Basketball Network. Don't forget to follow us at the 9450 WBB. 
Don't forget to follow me at the DR Test Pod on Instagram and Twitter, K dot at K dot Lou 3H on Instagram and Twitter. And 808s, go ahead, shout your stuff out. Yeah, it's snacks for tweets. So you like the snacks you like to eat as a kid, then four, and then tweets. All right, snacks okay. for tweets. This dude really all right. And so if I tweet something, you just going you want some snacks? All right, whatever, man. You hungry mofo. You listen, <laughs> man, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you the story how I got the name. I'm gonna tell you off air how I got the name. Tell us, yeah, tell us off air. We need to tell us off air. But yeah, once again, thank you everybody for listening to us, man, for just supporting us in general. Like I said. Please subscribe to the podcast. Please leave a review. It helps us and everything as far as like growing the show and stuff like that. Please hit the link on the link tree that's in the bio of our Instagram and Twitter. You know what I'm saying? We got the merch. We got the YouTube page and everything like that. You can get your podcast wherever you want. Spotify, Google, Apple, wherever you consume your content. Your content. And, and please keep on coming back to the spaces when we hold our yakety yak stuff, our Sunday service and everything like that. Yes, I named it the yakety yak. Yes, I did. But yes, support us, man. We still here. We here. We ain't going nowhere. We ain't taking no break off either because once WN, we're going to be going international. You know what I'm saying? Talking FIBA, all our WNBA players that's in the FIBA. Then we're going right into college basketball too as well. Oh yeah, we ain't stopping. You know what I'm saying? We are not stopping. So with that being said, I'm Daniel Artest. That's 808. That's KDOT. Love is love. Peace.